This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, good afternoon to all my automotive aftermarket peoples. It's Carm Capriato, uh, Aftermarket Weekly. It's episode 140, 140 weeks of this straight through. Excited to always do this for you as we work so hard uh, to support your business acumen and personal professional development here in the great automotive aftermarket. Hey, we're going, uh, Tracy and I, to the Institute Summit in St. Petersburg, Florida, at the end of the month, January 31st through February 3rd. I hope to see you there. Please stop by and say hi. We're going to record some great episodes and hang with many of you who uh, have the Institute as your coaching company. And uh, today we're on record with Lauren Fix, the car coach. We were with Lauren. We had an episode with her maybe about a month ago. I remember recording that with Lauren. That was a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of great stuff. And we're coming to you live from the Dorman OE Fix Studios, sometimes called the Carm Cave. Hey, thanks, Dorman, for your great sponsorship. Dorman Products creates hundreds of new automotive replacement products every month. Part of what makes Dorman so unique is their ideation of new and innovative products. They have dedicated teams all across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada looking for new product ideas. Since every solution starts with a problem, these teams of researchers, field analysts, product specialists, and contributors consistently visit repair shops and make field calls. Now, this is to best understand the problems the industry is facing. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Other times, experts take it an additional step, further solving what made the original part problematic in the first place. Solving for a problem is what powers the innovation engine at Dorman. Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry, and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why did they do all of this? To enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. Hey, thanks again, Dorman. I'd love to introduce you to Lauren Fix right now. Hi, Lauren. Hello, Carm. How are you? Hey, I'm great, man. Uh, Lauren Fix, the car coach. Uh, the resume is so long that if I read it, I think we would spend a half hour on it. Uh, Lauren is, she's highly experienced in corporate automotive and communication sectors of our industry. In fact, I was talking to her yesterday. She's on the local radio station uh, that is listened to, uh, syndicated by hundreds of thousands of people. She's a regular guest on national syndicated and international news, Newsmax TV. Uh, I think the weather channels, right? Mm-hmm. And facts weather. I remember reading this on your resume and I love this. Oprah's automotive expert. Yeah, I worked with Oprah from uh, 92 until she shut the show down. So we started off with something simple and it led to a whole thing. I did a segment on it on Vin Wiki, which is a YouTube channel 
talks about cars. So you got like seven segments up there already. So it's been fun. I'll have to take another trip down to Atlanta. Really good stuff. She's inducted into the National Woman in Transportation's Hall of Fame, SEMA's Business Network Mentor of the Year. I don't know. Uh, do you have any time to see your husband, Paul, at all? Yes, because we work together. We own a company called Classic Tube. So we work together. We also have fixed motorsports. So we restore cars, mostly uh, sports cars and some race cars. So yeah, I do see him a lot. And our daughter Shelby's due soon. So we'll be seeing more of each other. Her daughter Shelby. I wonder where that came from since you're a Mustang fan. Oh my God. Cool. When I talked to Lauren, I said I wanted her to, you know, just come on the show and, and go on record with us. It's the used car market that is such an interesting opportunity for us. You know, sometimes the charts go up and down depending on interest rates and supply chain and what's going on. And, and Lauren has done some great studying on that. But it's a sweet spot for the aftermarket, you know, the, that average age of 12 years out there. And when those cars hit like 5 to 12, that we own them in the repair aftermarket. And what comes in into that used car market and what people are buying does affect how we do business. The pricing of the, of the used car market, walk us down the line a, a little bit on that. Obviously, we were used to the used car market being pretty strong. You had a rollover. When someone leased a vehicle, they'd trade in the lease. The used car would then go to the dealer. The dealer would sell it at auction to a used car lot or whomever. That has all changed, as we all know. We had a chip shortage because during COVID, the car manufacturers thought, that's buying cars. We'll cancel our orders, which they did. And what ended up happening was now that they're back up and running and they realized there was a high demand of people realizing they needed vehicles, they couldn't meet the supply. To give you an idea, prior to COVID, we were selling about 17.3 million vehicles. Last year, 13.7. Now, what does that really mean? Well, it's a great opportunity for the automotive aftermarket. I've been a part of it my whole life since since I was a kid. Uh, I used to work in the brake remanufacturing businesses. But What's interesting about this is you're thinking about the lost sales to the auto manufacturers. And this is just something that's like information you should know. So if average car that's being produced today, profit to the manufacturer, not from the dealer, is about $10,000. Do that multiplication. You lost 4 million sales. That's a lot of lost funds. And that's why the used car market kind of went crazy because dealers started buying all those used cars as much as they could to fill the void for inventory because they lost so much in sales, not just on the dealer side, but also on the OE side. So now we're in a situation where people are buying their leases out. They get to the end of their lease and they decided they're keeping their lease. I'm going to buy it out. It doesn't make sense. The used car price, because when you sign a lease, it says, hey, at the end, the car's worth this. You can buy it or you can turn it. Most people turn it in because you're what's called upside down. It's just not worth it unless it has super low mileage and you barely used it, which a lot of people didn't because of COVID. Their cars were sitting. A lot of people worked from home. So when you have a low mileage car, it's got 18 or 20,000 miles and your buyout is substantially less than the going price. You buy it. You could turn around and sell it, I guess, if you wish. But many people have decided to keep it. So that changed the whole dynamic of the repair industry for us. Actually, a plus for the automotive aftermarket. Because now manufacturers are saying, we're building as fast as we can. I was just literally at a dealer two hours ago. They said, we sell more used cars than new cars. I was actually there to see one of the new Corollas that I had messed up on doing some of my footage of my car reviews. And he says, we have one in the whole place. I said, when are you getting another? He goes, I don't know. So that gives you a good feel of what's going on on the dealer network. They're waiting on vehicles. They have customers that want to buy. So customers buy used cars. And what do used cars mean? It means they're coming to you. Because dealers only have about, on average, it depends on the car, somewhere about a 30% retention, which is every 100 cars that are sold, only 30 of them go back to the dealer. 
they can't support everyone, which is why our automotive aftermarket is so strong. And thank goodness, because that means they come to us. People are keeping their cars sheen 10 and 15 years now. Again, very good for the automotive aftermarket. And what you're seeing now is a the demand for used cars is high because you can't get new cars, but it also means they all need repairs. And this is really good. And that's why you're looking at, if you look at the stock market at all, you look at some of the auto repair shops that are out there that are on the stock exchange, they're doing really well. And they're going to continue till at least 2025. Very interesting. And you confirmed what we know in our industry, that 70% of the vehicles that are out of warranty come into the aftermarket. And that's why we are experiencing an incredible growth spurt ever since, you know, a few months after COVID. But yet, I think we're all attempting to pay attention to interest rates and potentially a recession and, and watching our costs. But what you're here to do for our listener is to confirm the fact that the opportunities really look good. Just pay attention to your business. Interest rates, new car sales, you know, you're so connected to the new side of the business. What are you hearing? What's what's on the rail? Repossessions are going up. You can tell that by just looking at any of the financial websites, you'll see that repossessions have increased. What does that mean? That means that people bought cars during COVID, they paid premium prices, and now they're like, oh, I don't have a job. There's a recession, there's inflation. And I have an economics minor, and I can tell you from just economics 101, we are in a recession, whether the government wants to say so or not. We're all feeling it. We're all feeling inflation. Literally everything costs more, whether you're going out to buy oil or filters or parts through someone else or through however you get your components and service parts. You know everything's costing more money. Even having it transported, whether it's FedEx, UPS, ground, U.S. mail, all costs more. And so people are feeling the pain. And when they feel the pain, especially if you were part of crypto and you had a big crash with the SBX, people are getting rid of these cars. A lot of people invested in different forms and now they're like, I can't afford this car. Repossessions are high. What does that mean? That car will get resold. Again, as a used car, more money coming your way. Obviously costs have gone up. I get calls every day, emails every day of people saying, you know, what's the cost to repair this? And one of the things that people don't realize is the cost to repair these vehicles and maintain them. So I'm really big on promoting this. Something you should tell all of your customers, doing the maintenance now will save you money down the road. If you hear that little squeak, do the brakes. I know you tell people that, but what you have to tell them is if you don't and you go, eh, I'm just going to do it down the road, that $500 brake job could be $2,500 or more. That's when they say, I got the message now. And typically people will be proactive. And that's what we have to start doing is educating our customers. Was it you who told me 300,000 miles these cars can last? Oh, yeah. I did a whole segment on cars that last 300,000 miles. It's through IC Cars. ICCars.com does a lot of studying. A friend of mine works there and he always sends me the studies each week. And this one kind of piqued my interest. You know, which cars can last 300,000 miles? I think in the in general, if you ask someone, do you think your car can last that long? They're like, not a chance. But the fact is, there are a lot of cars that do. And as we all know, because we do this every day, that it comes down to maintenance, getting that oil change, using full synthetic oil, you know, not waiting till things start to really break, but getting in front of those problems. And if you do everything as far as like timing chains on interference engines and, and timing belts, those are kind of things that people tend to put off but that all those little details will easily make your vehicle go 300,000 miles. And there's a list uh, at iccars.com where you can go to my YouTube channel. I have a whole bunch of uh, content on that as well. So the impact of new vehicles, what do you hear about the chip shortage and how that's going to impact all the vehicles that we would repair, especially the used? Is it going to turn around? It's more of an impact 
on the new cars, I think, than the used, used cars. So working with all the car manufacturers, I've met all the CEOs of the big car companies and, and you start talking to them, especially when it's like off the record, you know, what do you think? And you really kind of get some good feel. I don't think you're going to see an all electric vehicle market partly as a chip is it part of the chips and of course all the raw materials that come from wherever and i do just did a video on that called batteries do not create energy you can check that out on my youtube channel it's really kind of interesting if you want to look into it a little deeper and have some content for your customers i loved that video and i loved your analogy to a can of corn I'm telling you, everyone, you got to go watch this. Go to your YouTube channel. How do, how do they find your YouTube channel? Car Coach Reports, just like, whoops, right over there. Yeah. <laughs> that and watch that video and then take the analogy on the can of corn and take it to your peoples who are trying to decide if that electric vehicle is really, really going, if, if all 300 million of us buy electric cars, is it really going to help our world, our economy, our climate, our ozone? Well, we still have a chip shortage and that's not going to change. The biggest uh, chip manufacturer that's supplying the Korean car companies is a company called Megachip. Currently, they own the chip company. They also own their metals company. So Hyundai and Kia are, are definitely doing better than most. The domestics are hurting really badly. I've got a truck on order. It's sitting there. I know it's sitting there. I have a friend on the lot who spotted it. He goes, we're missing chips without center screens or safety features. They're not selling them. At one point, Ford even was missing the logo on the front of their car, which I thought was a semi-car without it. (laughs) But they won't. But you're seeing this chip shortage is going to last at least the end of the year. Ann loves cars, and she can pretty much tell what a vehicle looks like from a distance, and that's how she is based on design. Oh, there's something new. Pull up to it. I want to see what what the brand and the make is. And she said to me just the other day, Lauren, I've seen more Hyundais and Kias on the road than ever. Mm-hmm. They had record sales this year for 2022. They had record sales of the Genesis lineup also. So Genesis is their luxury line. They offer a long warranty, 10 year, 100,000 mile. That does not mean they're not going to come to you for service because people don't like to go back to the dealer. Unless it's included, it's 100% included, then the rate increases and not many manufacturers are including that. So again, a benefit to you as a repair business, people feel confident and want to create a relationship with people in the aftermarket would it be repair shops or auto parts store. And I've always done that too, because I do my own work, but there are things I just don't want to do. And I really hate going to the dealer because in my vehicle, an oil change is $300. I'm like, I will do that myself. Thank you. I know how to do it. I have the equipment. Sometimes I'm just lazy. You've got a shop. I mean, you're a, an exceptional individual that that can absolutely do it, do it herself for all the right reasons. To our listener, the shop owner, the technician, the service advisor, what talk should we give to our clients who says, wow, I don't know if I should get it fixed. Should I keep it? You know, have you seen the prices and the interest rates? There's rarely any 0%. By the way, I'm living, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. On all that stuff that's going on, what great advice do we give an individual who says, should I keep my car and get it repaired? You're going to get that a lot with customers and they won't admit it. At least I hope they don't to say, I don't know anything about cars because people don't. And I always tell people that's the worst thing you can say, because then that's how people get taken advantage of what you can do to give confidence in your customers, in your service and your honesty is the rule of thumb. Never invest more in a car than it's worth. So if you've got a car that maybe you're struggling to keep alive and it's worth maybe $8,000 and you're only going to put a couple thousand into it, 
yeah, you're in, you're in better shape repairing it and keeping it because you're not going to be able to afford a newer vehicle with the higher insurance rates. So that is a, a really honest thing that you can tell your customers. And then the other hand, if you've got, like I have a friend who contacted me yesterday, and we've probably all heard this. He says, got an Infinity. It's a QX60. It's from 2000, uh, 2020. He says, and the motor blew. I'm thinking the only way a motor blew is if you fail to change the oil, which is probably what happened. And he goes, but the new motor's $33,000. I said, well, did you check with an aftermarket repair shop? He had only gone to the dealer. So I thought that was a mistake. So I told him to contact an aftermarket repair company, get a rebuilt engine. They're out there. But still, you're investing more in that vehicle than it's worth. And there's no way to repair it from what he said. So when you have customers like that, you really have to kind of sit down with them. And they really appreciate that you take the time to say, here's the actual cost. If you put this motor in, this is what it's going to be worth down the road. Or if you sell the vehicle without a running engine, someone will buy it. You know, there's always somebody who's like, I got an engine I can put in that. You got to think about, help them through the numbers because they don't understand the cost of the labor is really high for everybody. Labor costs are always going up. I mean, you're fighting McDonald's to try to get customers. I get it. And they're offering, you know, $20 an hour to flip burgers. You're like, I got guys in the shop that are ASC certified master techs. I need those guys. And you don't want to lose them. In order to make it work for all sides, taking the time to explain to a customer. I know sometimes the boss doesn't like that. But if you really take the time to explain to them, here's your cost. Here's the situation. This is what you could do. This is what else you could do. What do you think? And get them to go through the process with you. You're going to create a loyal customer who's going to tell their friends, you really took good care of me. I really appreciate it. And they will always come back to you. Great advice. I so appreciate this. Uh, we have such great opportunity in our industry, you know, and back to the the thoughts that you had about technician pay. I mean, it is, it, there's no doubt it's gone up. And we're doing, we're raising our labor rates so that we can, number one, make more profit in our companies so that we can afford the training and the equipment that we need. But we also need to pay our people and they need to also get, as we raise those, the pay, we're putting requirements of training and ASE certification on our people. This is, hey, listen, we want to be productive. We want to be efficient. We want to take care of our customers. We want to do the job right the first time. It requires us to train. And I'm willing to step up and pay, realizing that you could probably, for $18 an hour, go to a local coffee shop and become a barista. And, uh, you know... (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of jokes that go there. I will not go there. Uh, Please don't. Please don't. But you're right. And and I think our I think COVID, as tough as it was on all of us personally, professionally, it opened the eyes to so many. I think we need to continue to take advantage as an industry, as an aftermarket, on the great opportunities that we have. So I'll let you have the final word here, but thank you for coming on and taking all of your vast knowledge. You are plugged in and to share with us uh, how you see the used car market and how it affects us in the aftermarket. Any final words? Yeah, if you're looking for technicians and you're having trouble, there's a company called USA Motor Jobs. I've worked with them. They've done had great success in Canada. So if you're listening in Canada, they've done really well. But they've really grown all over the country. So uh, USA Motor Jobs, and you can go on there, and when technicians sign on, they can apply right online, and there's no fee for them to sign up. So it's something to look into. I mean, it's really hard to find good people. I know you can go to you know the local schools and such, but... Getting good people that are loyal, that want to stay is really what it's all about. 
And don't forget to use social media. I've done a whole bunch of work for some of the different training companies. I will tell you, remember, if you're selling to women, the worst thing you can use is pink. Please don't use pink to get us interested. (laughs) So I'm an anti-pink girl. I like purple, if you hadn't noticed, all over the place. But one of the things I'd recommend is you can do uh, all kinds of education programs, have people come in, teach them the basics, teach kids the basics, even if it's Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever, kids, because the more they learn, knowledge is power. I've always said that. Give people what I call car smarts. And this is something that will help bring in customers again. Yes, they're going to keep coming in the door. Yes, you're going to be busy this year. It's not going to end. It looks like we're winning on that Right to Repair Act. That will also help you. Again, this is all things that are changing and there will always be change. That's the only thing that is constant. Well, thanks for bringing up Right to Repair. We've done a lot of episodes on that, a lot of episodes on hiring and, you know, writing the right ads, doing the right interview. So thanks for shoring all that up. As my listener knows, they could go to my website and type in interview or hiring and get all kinds of great content. Lauren Fix, the car coach. Hey, thanks for coming in and uh, giving us a great slice of your wisdom. Appreciate it. Anytime, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 